Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, Sunday fun day. You know what that means. We're going to cover the entire NFL slate, so let's get right down to it. And I got to say, like, from the jump, this slate is not that great. Like, in terms of games, like, there are not that many spots I'm interested in and going to, so it's going to be a pretty condensed episode from a DFS standpoint. Uh, But I'll, I'll lay out what should happen and uh, where I'm I'm likely going towards because uh this uh this is uh this slate gets pretty ugly and you'll see why shortly. So uh right down to it. Uh Buffalo traveling to New York to play the Jets and when I say travel people always laugh because they're like but they're both in New York. Upstate New York is still hours away from <laughs> like the actual actual city and getting into Jersey, it, it, it is travel. It's still travel. It's not lengthy travel. It's still travel. Um, but with that being said, the Bills should win this game. There's some weird thing about this Bills team. And this line's wide. It is a 12 and a half line. I know Zach Wilson is terrible as a QB. Zach Wilson could easily throw two pick sixes against this Bills defense. But I have to think after last week where he said he gets bored check uh, checking it down or throwing the ball away that Robert Sala pulled him aside and said, hey, jackass, if you don't do this, I'm going to bench you for Mike White. And like just set him straight because you can't have your quarterback making crippling interceptions which is how they lost the uh, New England game. The Pats really shouldn't have won that game. That came down to solely Zach Wilson, 
costing his team the game. I got to think that the Jets are going to put the uh, training wheels back on Zach Wilson. They're going to run the ball. They're going to check it down to Garrett Wilson and try to play field position and see what they can do against this Bills team. Do I expect the Bills to win? Yes. The one thing I worry about the Bills is the fact that they are very careless. They are extremely careless. And the thing of it is is that Buffalo knows how much better they are than most teams that they get overconfident. And so their red zone offense has been atrocious this year. They have not come away with nearly as many points as they should have. And I think the Jets' defense can slow them down enough where, yeah, Zach Wilson could turn the ball over. But this could be a tricky game to cover. Like, if I was betting it with, like, actual money, I would say, no, you take the Jets' side every day. If you're in a picks pool and you're down... I would say you can take the Buffalo side because I think more people are going to take the Jets side at plus 12 and a half. It may not work out that way. You still may get more people on the Buffalo side. If that's the case, then you take the Jets side. But I would say if you're betting money, you would bet the 12 and a half on the Jets all day. And if you, and the thing is, if you really have concerns about Zach Wilson, like I do, I still have legitimate concerns about Zach Wilson. You can even use the Jets side and just tease it up an extra, an extra six points um, to get it to on almost three score um, deficit where you bank in the pick six that Zach Wilson can throw. But to me, I think the Jets keep this somewhat close and makes Josh Allen and Gabe Davis and uh, fantasy relevant. I don't like Stefan Diggs. And the reason why I don't like Stefan Diggs is that I think Sauce Gardner is garnering enough respect with his play that the Bills being stubborn and throwing to Stefan Diggs, to me, doesn't make sense. Like, from a game plan standpoint, I think they avoid Sauce Gardner, Gardner and they kind of go elsewhere. And I think that's what makes Gabe Davis to play here. From a fantasy perspective, to go with Josh Allen, I don't like Stephon Diggs this week. I think this is a Gabe Davis week. You let him take the cover off the defense, and you run the ball with uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, they brought in Naheem Hines. They can use him for underneath routes. Um, even though James Cook could do that role, I think they wanted a more veteran presence there to do uh, execute in that fashion. So I, I think that's where um, they're kind of uh, leaning towards is having a balanced attack with the Jets, move the ball down the field, get the points that they need, and come out there with a win. I I, I got to think that they take this game seriously because if they don't take it seriously, they can actually lose this game to the Jets, which will be a devastating loss, to be honest, for the Bills because they would have division losses to two, two uh, AFC East rivals that are playing well. The, the Dolphins are playing well, and the Jets... I know folks just, you know, again, like I say with the Giants, it's not that the Jets are a good team. They're five and they're five and three, uh, but they are coached well. They play hard and they allow the screw ups of other teams and take full advantage of them. So if the Bills drop this game, 
they will go six and two. The Jets will be right behind them at six and three, and then you have the Dolphins that could uh, essentially uh, be right there with uh, Buffalo if uh, they they beat the Bears today. You know, I, I just think this is a game that Buffalo cannot be effing around with. Like they they actually got to take care of business. So I, I think they focus on Gabe Davis. I don't think they try to go after Sauce Gardner. I, I just think that's a really dumb way of approaching things. So I, I like uh, Josh Allen and um, Gabe Davis because I think Josh Allen is going to be able to run on this Jets defense as well. So, you know, rushing prop-wise, Josh Allen's at uh, – he was at a, a 36 and a half from a rushing yard prop. I definitely like hitting um, that number as well. So to me – I'm I'm on the Bills side, but I'm kind of condensing the pool to basically Josh Allen and Gabe Davis, um, and then you could throw in Dawson Knox as well. I, I should say that. And on the Jet side, I'd be looking at Garrett Wilson and nobody else. Uh, Michael Carter isn't explosive enough uh, to garner as much interest. They're going to run the ball a lot through him, but I don't think he breaks a hundred yards uh, today. So. Uh, th- that's just the reason why it's like from a fancy scoring standpoint, um, he's not catching a ton of passes either. So I, I just don't like uh, Michael Carter that much. I think it's just Garrett Wilson on the Jets side and nobody else. Next up, Carolina uh, uh, traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, who lost on Monday night to the Browns. Uh, since he's seven and a half point favorites, as they should be, Carolina, you know. Not good, but their defense is solid enough. And the Bengals have been struggling in pass protection. They haven't been able to run block. I don't understand how Joe Mixon is such a popular fantasy option this week. Um, You know, a lot of the projection sites have uh, Mixon as the top, uh, one of the top backs this week. I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Matchup-wise, this is a rubber-meets-the-road kind of thing because... I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the film. I don't agree with what the analytics uh, projections are saying about Mixon. I think Carolina's defensive line should match up pretty well against Cincy's O-line. I I just don't see Mixon having a huge day running the ball. I know the Bengals need to run the ball because pass protection just has not worked out for them um, this year. And without Jamar Chase, they've been having trouble taking the cover off the ball. I still think, just because Zach Taylor has been so stubborn as a coach, I still think the Bengals try to throw their way out of the situation. So I look at Joe Burrow, I look at uh, Hayden Hurst, his tight end, uh, as the outlet pass. You know, I think the Bengals struggle here. I think, you know, I like the Carolina side at plus seven and a half. It's not that I think Carolina's that good. And there's a danger here with Carolina. The danger is that because the trade deadline has passed, some of these guys that were balling out, hoping that another team tried uh, tries to trade for them, um, and it didn't work out, and they're stuck there. There's a chance some of these teams could be starting to slow it down, not shut it down completely. We're not in full tank mode yet. Outside of one team, there might be one team that's going into full tank mode, but um, there are certain teams that I'm a little bit worried about. Um, slowing it down a bit and not uh, ramping up uh, to their level of competition. Uh, 
So that could that could be a possible issue for Carolina. It's just that the Bengals haven't played well enough to even garner that level of respect yet. Uh, like the Bengals, realistically, haven't been the team that they've been positioned to be on paper. So that's the concern from from my end. Uh, next up, Green Bay traveling to Detroit. The Packers are so cheap DFS wise. Everyone's going to be playing Packers and Joe Mixon. That like that. That's what the stats are saying. Aaron Rodgers is so cheap. He's fifty nine hundred on DraftKings. I can't remember the last time Aaron Rodgers was that cheap. Like he may not have ever been that cheap in DFS scoring, just because of how long he's been in the league. I I I honestly can't think of a time he, he's ever been that cheap, except maybe when he was injured and not playing. But like starting in Aaron Rodgers under six K, this is a this is a real hard one to kind of get because Detroit's one of the worst secondaries in the league. You know, it's not as though he's going up against a good defense. This is one of the worst ranked defenses in the entire league. This is a uh, reflection of how poorly people think uh, the Packers are this year. You know, th- that's the problem. People think the Packers are so bad this year that it's it's just it's one of those things where I I don't know what you what you make of it. It, it. To me, it's just you can play Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know who the number one receiver is. I don't know if Tanyan's going to get used. Like the Packers' offense has been so helter skelter. And even Rodgers doesn't know who he's thrown to half the time because he's uh, he's complaining on the sidelines about people not being where they're supposed to be. Like it just seems dysfunction. So to me, yeah, I get folks are gonna play uh, the Packers because the Lions' defense isn't any good. But to me, the only people I would play on the Packers, um, and yeah, I'll probably like throw in some other Packers players just because of how the player pool ends up. But realistically, the only people I would actually recommend if you're only building one or two lineups is Aaron Jones. It's Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones. They're like, I don't even want to roll the dice that A.J. Dillon gets uh, 10 touches today. Unless it's a true blowout, I want this game to just be about Aaron Jones on the Green Bay side. And you hope that he smashes a run um, and and uh, goes on for a 150 plus yard day like that. That's the the thing. On the Lions side, you can beat this Packers team with play action. I think with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, they are going to start trying to pick apart this uh, Packers defense, and I think they can score on the Packers. Uh, you know. Do I think they're going to score a ton? No, because it's it's Jared Goff, and you always uh, hold your breath that he's not going to screw up uh, uh, your day offensively by just laying an egg. That's always a possibility with uh, uh, with Goff. But I do think Amon Ross St. Brown makes sense. Um, at tight end, they traded TJ Hawkinson. Um, the reports are they're going to try to get a look at uh, this uh, rookie, James Mitchell, um, at tight end, so that's a possibility there because he's only twenty five hundred. He's min price on Fanduel as well. Um, you know, 
I, I just look at it from the standpoint of, you know, somebody on the Lions is going to be catching uh, balls from golf. It's probably going to be St. Brown, but you can also get Khalif Raymond in the mix because Josh Reynolds is going to be out today. Um, so, to me, I think the Lions make sense. Not as a main stack, like just because golf, as I said, you you can't play golf as a starting QB, but you can play uh, the other line skill position players as secondary stacks with the Packers. Like, I just don't like stacking the Packers. Uh, Like, I just, I don't think Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is throwing enough to be that explosive. Yes, he's cheap enough and makes sense for cash games. But from a tournament perspective where you try to ship it, I just don't like this game. I, I got another game that I think uh, should be on the winner, though. Um, it won't be this next game, though. New England's going to smash this Colts team. New England's 5.5. This line could be 7, and I'd still take New England. It's Bill Belichick versus Sam Ellinger. Ellinger! Ellinger from Texas. Did you see Ellinger last week against the Titans? Like, Ellinger and Malik Willis were struggling so mightily. The Chiefs better smash that Titans team in Sunday Night Football. Um, But to me, this is just this is a clear mismatch. Like, as bad as Mac Jones has played, you're playing a non-entity in this Colts offense. So, basically, the Colts might score 7 points, 10 points, if that. Like, kick a couple field goals. I I don't know. Like, unless Mac Jones turns over the ball, I don't see how the Colts score 13 points. So, you run the ball over Madre Stevenson. You you throw a couple of short passes. Let the receivers run the ball. But this is a clear-cut New England win. And the the Patriots need to win, uh, get some wins on the board because everyone else in their division is winning games, and they're falling behind. They got to win. So, uh, you know, five, even though they're five and three, that they are very much on the outside looking in. They they need to win some games, and it's clear that they are the weakest team in that division, um, based off of. And, and I shouldn't say they're the weakest team. The Jets are pretty there. We're pretty much right there um, as well because of Zach Wilson. But it's just they got to win games. So to me, I think uh, – or are they 5-3 and three or 4-4? Four and four? I think they're 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, they're 4-4. Four and four. Um, Losing track of these games. Um, but, yeah, the Colts, no Jonathan Taylor again – out with the ankle. I mean, this is a lost season. You talk about teams that are getting ready to tank mode. Sam Ellinger is starting another game. If last week didn't tell you Sam Ellinger should not be starting NFL games, I don't know what will. But this is a easy, easy bet on the Pats. Just take the Pats and uh, take the five and a half. I mean, they're going to cover this. Like, I don't see how the Colts compete. Uh, in Foxborough, like this, is just it's a terrible matchup on paper. Um, but yeah, from a fantasy perspective, it's Ramondre Stevenson uh, for the Pats, and the Pats defense is so expensive though. Like you could play Pats defense for Ramondre, but then you're gonna have to, you're definitely gonna have to go cheaper at QB. You're definitely not gonna be able to get 
the Josh Allen's of the world, I would say, uh, or uh, even Herbert's going to be tough to fit in with Ramondre and um, the Pats defense. So I, I think you're, you know, you can do Pats defense, but it's going to force you to play this Miami Chicago game that I'm going to get to uh, shortly, which is not the worst thing in the world. It's not. I, I I'm just, uh, I'm just saying that like it, it's it's going to be interesting uh, with how some of these builds play out though. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, next up, the game that I really like, the Chargers versus the Falcons. Um, Listen, Brandon Staley's an idiot. If Brandon Staley loses this game to the Falcons, Sean Payton's going to get hired as the head coach before the end of the year. The Chargers are going up against one of the worst secondaries in the entire NFL, and they've got Justin Herbert. There's no way the Chargers should struggle to win this game. The Chargers are two and a half point favorites. Like this one, uh, this one of my favorite bets of the week. Uh, like, there's no way the Chargers should remotely struggle winning this game. And I swear, if Brandon Staley screws this game up for me, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose it because this is a clear cut game where, yes, you run the ball a bit with. Uh, Eckler, but you have screen plays, you have you have crossing routes, you have so many different ways to burn the Falcons on turf that there's no way that the Chargers should be struggling in this game. And yes, I know Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out, but the skill position plays that the Chargers have are still better than the uh, options that they have def- uh, from a defensive standpoint. So, you know, on my end, I, I still say that the uh, the overall uh, game plan still has to be from the standpoint of you're airing the ball out, you're uh, you're controlling the clock with the, on the ground game, but there's way there's way too much talent on the Charger side. Um, and from the Atlanta side, I do like the fact that Cordero Patterson is back because he's going to get 
pretty much all the touches from rushing side. And we know with the Falcons, they're just going to keep running the ball. No matter how down they get in the game, they're going to run anyway. So Patterson uh, has a chance to get in the end zone um, because the Chargers run defense isn't that great. Um, he's going to be low owned because he just came back off of injury. Um, I, I don't see too many people talking about him. I do like Cordero Patterson, but I do like the Chargers uh, quite a bit. So Herbert, you can play DeAndre Carter. You can play Michael Palmer. You can play Michael Bandy. Like, I mean, Josh Palmer, Michael Bandy, and DeAndre Carter. All those are options. Everett, uh, George Everett is uh, also in play there. I mean, Gerald Everett uh, at tight end also in play. I just there are a ton of options to get creative with uh, the Chargers, and the pricing is still cheap compared to the the actual matchup. I could be wrong here, but I, I just think that's the way to do the build. And if Brandon Staley screws this up, I'm just going to lose it because there's no way the Chargers shouldn't be able to put up 30 plus points on this uh, on this Falcons team. I, I just don't understand. Um, I don't understand uh, the how th- this uh, this uh, ends up being remotely close in terms of it's a bad matchup. It, it it's it's a it's a bad it's a bad matchup uh, for the Falcons in general. So it you know we we're gonna see what the what what transpires. But like the to me the biggest thing is the fact that I mean it's just such a clear discrepancy in terms of what a team is going to be able to execute versus a team that, you know, hangs around. And the Falcons do hang around games. But I I just don't see how the Falcons' defense holds up to what the Chargers should be able to do. The Chargers should be over 30, uh, in my opinion, um, with the matchup that, that they've got. So we shall see there. Uh, next up. Vegas and Jacksonville. I'm just crossing this game off. I don't trust Josh McDaniels. I sure as hell don't trust the uh, Trevor Lawrence at QB for the, the Jags. I do know that Travis Etienne is going to get more work from uh, the Jags standpoint. Not that he's going to be that effective with uh, with his carries, but I do think that um, uh, he's going to get uh, quite a bit of work. Uh, you can play Josh Jacobs. Um but I don't trust Derek Carr at QB for the Raiders right now because McDaniels' playbook, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to be clicking with Carr. And Carr can't even get Devontae Adams to work. I don't understand what the issue is. A lot of this is on Derek Carr. But McDaniels got to figure something out to get Carr going because he's not making the reads that he needs to make. And the season's slipping away from... Uh, from uh, the Raiders, if it hasn't already, like they, they they have to win this game. If they lose this game, the season's over. So you know, like you only got two wins. You're playing another two win team. You have to beat the Jacks. Like there's no if ands or buts about it. Like this is the season, straight up. It's the season. Like if they can't beat the Jacks, they may as well start having conversations as to who's the next, who's going to be the next quarterback, because. Derek Carr cannot be given all these tools and fail this miserably. Like, it just can't happen. Next up, Miami traveling to Chicago to play the Bears. I love this game. I know people are worried about the wind. I don't care. 
you've got Tua with uh, Waddle and Hill, whom they're all in sync with each other. Somehow they've managed to make all, like, both Hill and Waddle have been able to work off of each other, and so they're both getting fed. So you can play both of them with Tua, and you can stack it that way, or the way I like I think is a unique way to go about it is you play Josh Fields, let him run around with the Bears because he has no receivers to throw to. Chase Claypool is even worse than uh, Darnell Mooney. I don't understand the Bears. I don't understand how they made that uh, trade and got a receiver worse than what they currently have. But Joshua Fields, even with uh, Miami's defense, is going to have fits with Fields. So I think Fields is going to be able to scramble around, make some plays happen, and score on Miami whereas the Dolphins are still going to be able to shred this Bears defense. I know people are worried uh, worried about it being more of a run-focused attack for Miami. Miami wants to uh, push the rock down the field. Like they, they, they like driving around like they're in a Ferrari every single time they play the game. So, yes, they'll run the ball a bit, but they're going to keep chucking. That's just the philosophy of the team. Like I, I can already tell, Like I feel like I have a better read on this game than most people. So... I, I like the points in this game. I like the over. Um, it's one of my favorite bets of the week. Uh, the over is only 46. I think they easily smashed that between both teams. Um, it's just, to me, I see a ton of points coming out of this game. So, to me, uh, you know, I think the Dolphins win. Do they win by a touchdown? Yeah, they probably win by a touchdown. But it wouldn't surprise me either. The Bears do a backdoor cover either. Um because I think Fields realizes that if anything's going to happen, he's just going to have to do it with his legs, and he's just going to uh, magician some stuff and like do uh, pull off some long runs. So I also like uh, uh, jo- uh, uh, Justin Fields' rushing prop, where uh, his rushing prop is at uh, uh, 57 yards, I believe it was. I, I like hitting that uh, prop. As well, I think there's just going to be tons of points scored in this game. Like Fields is a running back onto himself. Um, you know, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, like they're pretty much going to suffer because you know Chicago just can't do stuff on their own. Fields has got to figure it out on his own. Yeah, they'll get carries, but like that O line isn't great. Like Fields just needs broken plays, and I think he's going to get that today with Miami's defense. So. I, I like the points today. Next up, Minnesota and Washington. The, the, I don't know. Like, the only team that's had an easier schedule than the Giants are the Vikings. And, yeah, the Vikings the Vikings are going to somehow win this game. Uh, because I, I don't think the Commanders are very good. And it's 1 p.m. window for Kirk Cousins. Uh, it's going to be that revenge narrative of uh, Kirk uh, Kirk coming back to play uh, in Washington at FedEx Field. Is his first visit there? I'm pretty sure, but I, I, you know, I don't actually like this game that much. Like the the Vikings have been so thoroughly unimpressive in everything they do that I just play Justin Jefferson and that's it. Nobody else on the Vikings should be considered. Um, on the Washington side, you can play Curtis Samuel, but I'm not paying up for anyone else with Taylor Heineke at QB. Um, I just think it's just 
I think it's just too dangerous to to go back to McLaurin. Um, yes, it worked out last week. There's a reason why Taylor Heineke wasn't a starting NFL QB. Uh, like the consistency isn't there week to week. I, I just don't see him being that effective um, uh, in, in in this spot here. Uh, I think the Vikings defense um, does do enough to slow him down. Um, I just think it's a tougher matchup for him. Next up, Arizona hosting Seattle. Arizona, slight favorite at minus two, but it's like, that means people like the Seattle side. I get it because Cliff Kingsbury is not an NFL head coach, yet he still pretends to be one on the sidelines. You know, Pete Carroll is doing a masterful job with Seattle running the offense the way he wanted to run it. And Geno Smith is executing the way Pete wants him to. It's making Russ look really bad. Russell Wilson is looking really bad because we all suspected that this Seattle team was going to win maybe three games this year. They're going to win. If they win today, if they win today, they're going to have six wins. I don't think anyone saw this coming. The Seattle defense has been markedly better from the first couple of weeks of the year where you thought, okay, Seattle's defense is going to screw them over as the season progresses. Surprisingly enough, they've actually started to play better. They've been better at stopping the run. And they've actually, uh, from a secondary standpoint, They've been pretty so, so like the last couple of weeks they shut down the Giants. And again, I think part of that was due to the Giants, but like when you look when you toss like cuz you actually have to toss out the first 4 weeks of the year to to show the improvement on the Seattle side. Their numbers are still bad from a defensive standpoint. But when you look at the last couple of weeks they shut down this Cardinals team before, they have a chance of doing it again because you know the Cardinals aren't going to change anything that they did. It's Kingsbury. He doesn't have he doesn't have a plan B. So from where I, I kind of sit, this this could just be a case where um we we could just get a, a get a game where Arizona is down and playing catch up to Seattle. It wouldn't shock me. I I would still say that uh, from a dog perspective, yeah, you probably take a you probably take a, a Seattle in terms of um, uh, of a bet here. It's not a game that I'm really targeting hard because uh, we also saw this turn into a bit of a snooze fest in terms of a matchup. The only thing is, if we're in afternoon-only slates, there's only two games. This game and the next game I'm going to talk about between the Rams and Tampa. For the afternoon-only slate. Do not play the afternoon games on this slate. In my opinion, you're doing it wrong. I think uh, you should, outside of maybe Cooper Cup, but I don't think there's anyone in the afternoon slate you absolutely have to play um, versus the uh, the early slate of games. It's like you got eight games in the early slate and two afternoon games today. It's a short slate because of so many teams being on bye weeks. But I just think this is a lower scoring game. Um, the, the, the total is 49. I actually think it goes under. I don't, I just don't see that many points coming out of this one. 
Uh, I don't want to go too crazy trying to target this game. It, to me, it doesn't make much sense. And the game I'm definitely not targeting um, is uh, is uh, the Rams and uh, Bucks game. Um, from a fan, again, from a fantasy perspective, I don't like many players from either of these two games. I mean, you can look at DeAndre Hopkins. You can look at Cooper Cup. That's about it. Uh, Rondell Moore on the uh, Cardinal side. But... Yeah, you could always play DK Metcalf, but like with Lockett healthy, you're always rolling the dice. Like Gino has been kind of using both of them interchangeably, so it's not as lopsided as it was before. And Seattle's going to run the ball with Kenneth Walker, so uh, Seattle's offense is so spread out that the points are going to spread themselves out. You're not going to get a ton of upside, um, which can work on an afternoon only slate because it's only two games. I don't see any points being scored here in this Rams-Bucks game, which is what scares me. I think the Rams can't pass block. The Bucks we know, can't pass block. The Rams can't run the ball. The Bucks can run the ball a little bit. Um, Leonard Fournette, I think, should be okay-ish because he can at least run a bit and still catch balls out of the backfield. On the Tampa side, uh, Mike Evans still isn't, uh, getting nearly where he needs to be um, from a production standpoint. So I have uh, reservations on uh, from a uh, production standpoint with uh, Tampa where we can definitely have issues overall with uh, Brady throwing the ball down the field and not being able to get any sense of what the actual uh, – what the actual uh, results going to be from Tampa? I, I just, I just think that they're going to struggle so mightily that there's just not that much upside of playing anyone on Tampa today outside of their defense. And the same thing from the Rams side. I think you can play Cooper Cup, and that's about it. Uh, other than their defense, I don't think either of these teams, and it's the most disappointing matchup of the year because this was supposed to be a hype matchup, and it just highlights how. Poorly, both of these teams have favored this year. I don't think there's anything to look forward to with this Tampa Rams matchup. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, Sunday Night Football. I, I already talked about this. Uh, Kansas City's favored by 12 and a half. They could roll this Titans team in a blink of an eye. Here's the thing. With Malik Willis, we saw this against uh, the Colts last week. Uh, Derrick Henry had to run for over 200 yards. They had to do all on the ground because Malik Willis cannot throw NFL caliber passes yet. They can't run real routes uh, because the receivers, A, can't get any separation. So Mike Vrabel can't trust Malik Willis to throw the passes where they need to be thrown in tight windows because of the fact that the receivers can't get open and he's not nearly precise enough as a passer to risk turning the ball over, so they're just going to keep running the ball. If the Chiefs stack eight in the box, I got to think, have to be able to slow down Derrick Henry, and he's going to have one of those big runs, like, I mean, it's Derrick Henry. He's going to peel off one of those 30, 40-yard runs. What you're trying to avoid is those 150-yard type games where he's just constantly smashing you throughout the game. I just think that you load up the box, you force uh, Willis to try to throw, he's got to get turned over, I just think Kansas City rolls here because 
the kid ain't ready yet, but Tannehill doesn't seem like he's going to be cleared to play. By all accounts, it still looks like Tannehill's a game-time decision looking doubtful. Uh, they don't have anyone else that they can throw in there. Um, you know, so to me, this just looks like a textbook win for the Chiefs, and, you know, circumstances just worked out for them. So uh, definitely like the Chiefs. Um, Mahomes and the passing attack, sure, you could do that. But from a showdown standpoint, I'm looking at Pacheco. I think Kadarius Tony is going to be healthy for this game. So um, I got to look at the prices, but I, I kind of think that if you're uh, doing a Chiefs onslaught build, Tony might be in the captain. If not, it's Pacheco just because they'll get the work in a blowout, and we kind of go from there. But uh, that's going to do it for me uh, today. We'll uh, we'll cover Monday Night Football at some point uh, tomorrow, but uh, best of luck, everyone, and until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.